Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call. Pretty big jam-packed episode here for you this morning. We've got Ammer giving us some preliminary feedback on how his business is going after he's brought it to market with a lot of advertising and marketing invested and he shares some preliminary results with us, which is exciting. Uh, John reflects a little bit more about the major changes that he's made in his business in terms of client selection filtration and just a lot of the things that he's learned there and then we actually kind of get present to the fact that throughout this podcast we've actually John Ammer and myself Austin spoken to each other very differently as the podcast has gone on and without realizing it sometimes have uh, in podcasting called breaking the fourth dimension where we stop talking to one another and start talking to the audience which it's a really interesting phenomenon, especially when you don't realize it's happening. And so we we discuss that at length and, and maybe how to improve the podcast as well from that angle. And so really value-packed episode here for you guys. Excited to see what you get out of it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Weekly Call. So we can turn on the stress response just by thought alone. We can think about our problems and turn on those chemicals. That means then our thoughts could make us sick. So if it's possible that our thoughts could make us sick, is it possible then our thoughts could make us well? The answer is absolutely yes. You're listening to the Weekly Call Podcast with Austin, Hammer, and John. Welcome. It's enormously important that you do have the right friends. If they make you a better person than you otherwise would be, that's the ultimate gift. It deals for the most part with success. It deals with people who you started your life off with and what success does to them. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Remind yourself, this fight that you're in, this is what will make you stronger. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Weekly Call. You've got John out in Kelowna, BC, Amar out in Etobicoke, Ontario, and Austin out in Elmer, Quebec, and how are we tonight, lads? What's going on? Super Bowl Sunday tonight. What's going on? Who cares? They're out there making their money and we're watching. I don't care. I hope Tom Brady wins, though. But that's yeah, it. me too. I want people to just get a little bit, um, just a little bit, uh, a little bit pissed off. Dude, well, people don't understand, like, this is something... Like, if you don't cheer for Tom Brady, like, there's something, uh, I think there's just something weird about it. Because we, t- we talk about Muhammad Ali. He's a legend in that sport. Then we talk about people who, like, watched Michael Jordan play. Very few that exist out there have seen Michael Jordan. And then, and then, you, and then you look at someone like Tiger Woods. He's just, like, slowly reaching out his peak. And then we're seeing Tom Brady, a living legend, at his, like performing and you're not cheering for that guy it doesn't make sense to me so uh that's my only opinion on football ever i don't know anything else i don't know the rules i don't think that it's in that interesting but i i think it's always cool yeah. to see a a, a a man thriving in his industry or sport and just to kind of study that i think it's uh always fascinating man yeah so. i i agree i think like it's it's such a weird I mean, it, it, this rarely happens in sport where somebody dominates this often. And um, I think there's a certain degree, like, 
I'm not a huge football guy. I mean, I am. Like, I watch football, but I wouldn't count myself like a diehard football fan. However, there's like this narrative with Tom Brady that because he's the because he's quote unquote the goat, like the greatest of all time, and that's just objectively speaking, because nobody's ever had that many Super Bowl visits and and rings. So objectively speaking, he's the goat. And then some people come in and try to make the case that like, well subjectively speaking it could be this person it could be that person yeah but austin the fact that they even have to do that is proof in itself. i know i know and, and i love to see him excelling uh and because because i love to see people trying to make the the other side of the argument even though objectively speaking like nobody has more and people can be like oh the the coach the receivers the whatever it's like no he he's He's number one. And like, I don't care who you're a fan of or who, you know, like if you're thinking emotionally, you might be able to sell yourself on it being somebody else. But at the end of the day, it's, it's Tom Brady, man. He's got all the rings. He's got, he he just, (laughs) and then, and then, and then this year he's on a different team. He's still back there. It's like, okay, well, there you go. And regardless of whether he wins or loses tonight, it's like, who, who is the greatest of all time? I don't know. We're turning into a football podcast here slowly, so let's uh, let's <laughs> bounce back. But uh, before we hit record, we were talking about a really interesting thing that I wanted to capture on this podcast. The idea of social media and kind of how it how it encourages us to upward and downward social compare a lot. And we were talking with, um, or I guess Amber, maybe you should share because you were actually helping helping this person out. And I think it's extremely valuable as like an exercise. Yeah, so I, I made an observation. So for my consulting business, I'm now currently spending uh, $350 a day on ad spend. And so, you know, if you wonder like, oh, why is Instagram free? Why is Facebook fee free? Like what Snapchat and all that? Well, it's because there's companies out there that literally spend millions and millions. And I'm just a little drop in the ocean. Um, but then I noticed this interesting phenomenon where the more time I spend on social media, the less analytical and more emotional I became around the way I ran my ads. Hmm, really interesting. So every morning when I wake up, I input the statistics behind my ads. I, I, I talk, I input how much ad spend I spent. Yes, it's $350 a day, but sometimes it's like 346, sometimes it's 357, so I input that. Yeah. Then I input the amount of impressions, which is the amount of people that saw the ad. Then I input the amount of clicks that people clicked. And then I go through like the entire, like all the statistics. And then based on these statistics, I delete some ads and I boost others. So it's kind of like um, a natural selection. Yeah. I take a look at all my uh, 32 ad sets, the worst performing ones. I just have to eliminate. I can't have like any emotional like tie to it. It's just pure numbers, even though it might be my favorite photo with my favorite ad and oh, but like it's just barely outside of KPI, maybe, you know, a key performance indicator. Like it's just outside that range where it's healthy. It's like a kind of sick. I just want to give it a chance, maybe one more day. No, I just have to completely eliminate it. Use that freed up budget to feed the healthy ones. In, to reach out to more like audiences because it's a proven. But what I realized was the most I the more I use social media, the less analytical I became. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll just leave it for one more day. It, like, 
you know, it's, uh, or I would get like a nasty comment on one of my ads and I would be like, ah, like maybe he has a point. Maybe I should change like these words in this sentence. Whereas, no, you don't look at that at all. It doesn't matter. If I have 50 people in my comments, uh, completely dissing the ad and calling me a scam, but my KPIs are healthy, then I should just only focus on my KPIs because the right amount of people are clicking, taking action, signing up, and buying my course. So, yeah, just a, a fascinating relationship. And um, I've just started to realize that the biggest asset that I currently have built over the past seven months is this analytical, data-driven, non-emotional side of myself that I never thought I would have, really. Um, if you are to look at my... Oh, John, if you were to look at my board that I wrote for January training, like the one that you break through, one of them was the fear of posting on social media. Like that was one of them. So I don't know. I can go on and on about this, but boys, it's just so much fun running these ads and and studying it. I'm basically a data, a data analyst and then a, a salesperson, and it's the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. It's uh... That's so cool, man. And I know... Like it's, I think it's time to update the the people on on where you're at. So, you launched your business, uh, launched your ads, I should say. I launched two, my ads two on two weeks uh, ago or three weeks ago. Uh, I launched my ads two and a half weeks ago. And, okay. Uh, and so, so so maybe let's just walk people through your entire thing because I think that there's some value to showing them everything that you would have done, what exactly you are doing, in case we have new listeners. And in case sure. we have new listeners for the new listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, and because I know like it, I was a bit a part of it in like this trial period. Um, sure. I also, you know, shared all that. It, like you kind of used me as a little bit of a plug with my team that I coach. They gave, they use some of your information. Like you had like this testing period, right? Yeah. And now you're finally going to market. And we obviously want to hear about your results. So walk us through it. Yeah, so there's there's something like in in I don't know if you call it economics or business theory where you need something like a proof of concept. And a proof of concept is just what it sounds. There's a concept that you have about a product or service that you need to go prove. So I might say, like for example, John, remember your business with the was it the cream, the foot cream? What was it? John um, Oh, you mean man cream? Man cream, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> For the yeah, record, yeah. I don't think it was foot cream, but yeah, go go on. Yeah, anyways, John had this idea for like some cream that he wanted to like to produce. It was like a business of his. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember the details, but basically you you had some people who bought, but then when you started advertising, people were like no nobody wants this. So you didn't have like a really a, a proof of concept. You just went to market. Yeah, it was not a good proof of concept. Exactly. So one of the main things that I've been doing for like the past year is coming up with a very firm proof of concept. And I would do that by uh, having one-on-one -on -one calls, making offerings to the market, seeing what the pains are. And just that's why it took so much time because you, you can't really shortcut this period. And so once that was built, then I built my website uh, funnel. So my landing page and the wording on it 
as well as the photo and the layout was based off the proof of concept. The video, there's a 27 minute video with like 80 slides and a, a, a worded script that was crafted off that proof of concept. Then there was these, the, the scheduling system, the application system, and the success page that have all been basically incarnated from that proof of concept of what people's pains are, what their desires are, and how my product can be a solution to that. So when you have a proof of concept, then it's just time to ramp it up. Um, and so I ramped it up two and a half weeks ago by spending uh, $350 by testing 45 different ads, uh, ad, photo, and audience combinations. And from those 45s, I found 22 of those combinations that are really healthy. And then I scaled those up from $10 to $350. And uh, yeah, we, we, we did 40,000 in two weeks. Shut it down. So you were at 17,000. In 2020, we did, 70, we, we did like 15,000 in sales. In 2020, as in the entire year. In these two weeks of ramping up based and trusting my, my KPIs, trusting my proof of concept and my sales script and trusting everything that I created from zero based on that proof of concept, uh, we were able to produce that result of 40000 in revenue, 22000 in cash. Man, how fulfilling it, is that? Dude, I, I like dance like every day. <laughs> I'm, I, like, I'm actually not, I'm not making that up. Like I dance when I'm grabbing food. I dance when I'm making food. I dance when Man. I'm doing sales calls. I'm dancing when things are loading and uploading. I'm like always just hyped. I sleep like a baby. I wake up without an alarm clock. I'm like living my dream life because I'm actually solving problems that I want to solve that I find interesting. And I did this. I built this from zero. Like it's just, I wish I can sh like... You know how you can share images? I wish I can just send you this emotion so you can experience it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just something so cool. Like, I don't know how to explain it, man. But uh, I, I bet on myself. You know, people tell me, oh, just go buy Bitcoin. Go bet on Snapchat stock. No, I'm betting on myself. And uh, the ROI wow, that I'm getting is, is pretty insane. I no got to be honest, as, as your friend, that's, uh, it's, so, oh, it's so nice. It's so to blessed, man. Well, I'm so proud of you. It's so cool to see you achieve this because... Man, we we started talking about you know our business goals and what we wanted to accomplish when when we were well I guess you were eighteen I was twenty twenty one maybe and um, we were just starting out running the student painting business and now four years later you've mastered that took your skills from that over to here and done something that you really are are really keen on and and love and that's exactly. You know, honestly, I think exact that's exactly what that program that we were both in was meant for, is to achieve what you got. So good for you, man. That was, Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, I'm it's really amazing. Happy for you. Yeah. But here's the thing, I like we started running the numbers on what if my closing rate went down by five percent? What if only we got paid fifty percent of the total? So let's say we only collected fifty percent of those sales that we've making. Okay. What would explain that though? Is it because you're in pain? No, no, we're just char chargebacks like, and things like that. So only the paranoid will survive. This is his right, mentality. Right, right, okay? right, right, right. 
what if my conversion rate dropped by 5%? What if 50% of all sales I made went on a payment plan? And what if 50% of all of our customers didn't pay us the full fee, only paid half? Right. Even with those numbers, we're going to crack half a million. Like conserve it's it's insane. And uh, we're gonna like my my vision for this now. Now that I'm seeing what I've created and and the feedback, I've had people reach out to me from across the U.S. basically saying, "I'm an expert in this field. I've worked with like other companies that are our competitors. I've seen the back end, and what you've built is a, is the perfect system that supplements all the best things and gets rid of the worst things. It's proof for scale." And I'm hearing like these experts like talk about my business like it's a eight-figure earning machine now look i also understand these are just words and it's just hype and emotion bunch of nonsense but that's more proof of concept and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna ride that on and we're gonna strategically and using paranoia as our crutch gonna scale this thing to a thousand dollars a day with hopes of of a thousand so selling a, a day. course in okay. ad spend, in ad spend. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And for the next, like for the next year, uh, our goal is to do a million dollars. And like it's now like, I need to do $19,000 a week in sales. So I'll, I'll break you down the numbers. I can only do 43 calls a week, okay? My current show up rate, only 70% show up. So if I have 30 calls... So if I fill all my 43 bookings, which will cost me $1,000 a day, mm. I will have 30 calls. And if I'm closing at 20%, that's six sales. And from that, with the math and not exposing too much of my numbers here, we can do a million. So in revenue. So it's like blowing my mind. And we haven't even started charging US. So next week, all these numbers that I'm telling you are going to be <laughs> your margins US. just jump by 28%. Yeah, so we're just going to change it to US. And uh, I don't know if that's going to affect Crazy. anything. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. All I'm saying all I'm saying is there's no ceiling to this. Um, I'm loving every step of it. If, if for the next month, we don't have any sales, I'm still like, I have 22 customers that are getting results that are jumping on the Q&A calls that are like seeing the light for the for the first time. Yeah, well I wanted to ask you about that. How's the back end going with managing the people that you've onboarded? Bro, I'm really curious because that bro, must be like the fire that's, you know. Bro, there that's the thing, man. There's no managing. It's two calls a week. No, I know, but I want to hear what they're getting yes. out of it though. Every video they're watching, it's like they're seeing for the first time. It's like they, they would show me their business card and it would have like 15 different services and they would see like one like one minute of our video that says don't do that and they're yeah. like oh shit this is crazy <laughs> and then and then they're like um then then it comes to the estimates and i'm like oh you need to have a contract like you need like a physical contract and they're like yo that's crazy i just only write it on the back of my business card and it's like and then i'm like oh what about pricing like do you have a way to calculate prices like no i just guess I'm like, no, use this spreadsheet. And they're like, yo, this spreadsheet is like the best thing in my life. So yo, it's crazy to see how contractors come up. I'm, I'm telling you, this you is must the have most... heard some crazy shit. Like, I, I want to make this very clear. I am playing in the least optimized industry there is. Yeah, but I can has see that. the most ambition. These people are out there on a daily basis wanting to make this work, but they don't know how. And I will be that person. 
I will mark my words. I am that guy who's going to optimize the entire construction industry because, because even if I have 5% of the market, just 5%, maybe even 1%, these guys will outcompete everybody in their market that, if, that it's going to cause a revolution. This is what I want. I want a renaissance in the construction industry where clients are only picking the most integrous, most productive, and most technologically advanced construction companies, weeding out the, the scum, the cash jobs, the, the unintegrous, the, the smoke cigarettes on the job site, the, the half-ass, you know, charge, charge little in the front, keep backloading the hidden costs. I want to I squeeze these guys out the market and make room for only the best. And to do that, um, it's going to take some really aggressive marketing to get into these people's faces and, uh, and get them mm -hmm. to see this. Because, That's really cool, man. man. I'm on these calls. I, I have all these notes here. 40 calls over the past two weeks. Everybody has the same pains. Everybody has the same desires. It's actually like insane. Copy and paste across the market. Wow. And, and my product fits like a glove. And uh, honestly, you can hear the excitement, man. I don't, I don't know if I'm jinxing myself here. I'm going to knock on wood. But I, it just everything is clear. I'm seeing clearly. And, it, and, and, and for the first time, the only threat that I see to this success of this business is my focus. And that's the only thing I have to protect now is my focus and, and what I do and my emotional state. That's it. Like I mm -hmm. am, uh, tomorrow I can wake up and, and just delete my best ad and I can just shoot myself in the foot. Like I can't do that. I have to be on my toes. Mm -hmm. I need to be very strategic about how I portray my brand and who I make offerings to on the phone call that I'm not giving my product to shady sounding people just because they're offering me money. This mm -hmm. is like we have in-depth legal contracts that people have to sign before jumping on this course because this is my IP, my entire value lies mm -hmm. in every word of every slide of every spreadsheet that I have in this course. And um, man, our golden goose in that course is our Google ads and our Google ad training that I spent $6,000 in two months building. Mm. And three of our clients who have used it have gotten insane ROI. One of them spent $600 on Google ads and got back four grand. So wow. nobody's done this. And, and this is like, you know me, I'm a perfectionist and I'm just going to keep building this. And right now I'm putting together the best mindset. Like my goal for the next three months is to put together the best 10 to 15 hours of mindset training ever like in the world, like that's, mm -hmm. I want to take everything I learned from Tony Robbins. I want to take everything that John knows. I'm going to sit down with John and interview him about the best books. I'm going to sit there and dissect man's search for meaning. I'm going to sit there and go through my literally hundreds of notes from landmark seminars, coaches, recordings. I'm going to go through everything I've ever learned that got me to my successful place in the construction industry, the wealth that Patrick has, Chris Thompson has, you guys have. I'm going to put together the most simple, clear, in-depth, life-changing mindset course there ever is. And it's going to absolutely destroy the marketplace. And that's one of my biggest goals for this year. And dude, oh my God, just looking at the title screen of these slideshows that I'm building and like the titles I'm coming up with, like, look at me, bro. I'm just getting, I'm tearing up from excitement. <laughs> Yo, you should do the piece on, um... please tell me that you're including that piece on entropy. 
dude, don't worry about it. Man. Don't worry about it. Just don't. I got this. Okay, good. All right, I got cool. this. Man, well, I gotta say, I'm I'm super excited for you. And my heart I guess rate right now. It's um, yeah, you know, I guess to those of you that are listening and and have ever seen somebody just put their head down and work towards something and not take the bait on any other opportunities. Like, I just want to put this into into perspective, right? Like, Ammer seems like he's um. Like, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here because, you know, you have a two-week sample size. However, it's seemingly going in an amazing direction. And I can't I can't foresee anything that would limit you from, like, a black swan that would uh, eliminate demand for contractors needing coaching to run a better business. Like, if anything, they need that more during this time of uncertainty, right? Um but just to see somebody who, you know, even regardless of the outcome, Ammer, like you're, you're currently sitting here and, and having an impact on these people's lives and you just built this up from from pretty well nothing, uh, didn't exist a year and a half ago. And I've gone through your entire course, like you've shared a, you know, you've let me go look through it and man, there's like thousands of hours of work in there with no return. And, uh, I personally, I'm pretty convinced I wouldn't be able to do that. Like for that long without really making a whole lot of money. Cause you went from making a ton of money each year from running your, your painting business to pretty much, there was a period of what, a year and a half where you, you were living off of what you made. So you were fine, but you were, you know, John and I continued to run our businesses, do extremely well. And you were just completely focused with making in the short term not a lot, but for this really delayed sense of gratification. So um, I am not actually trying to wrap this into delayed discounting. So don't, everybody who's a delayed discounting fan, don't lose your shit. But this is really important because Ammer had this amazing sense of delayed gratification. And I think you're saying, you know, I hope Ammer, you can see why you don't have a lot of competition. Because <laughs> what, what you did is insane, right? Like who's going to do that? Who, who, who's in a position where they'd have the knowledge that you have at your age and can afford to take a year and a half to build it? I don't think a lot of people are. If they're in a position where they have that knowledge, they might not be in a position where they can take that time. So, Man, you know, you know what's driving me to take all these seemingly irrational actions? It's just like <laughs> a proper understanding. No, but like really, it's, uh, it's, it's my gratitude. Like I'm just so grateful like, I'm just so aware of how lucky I am. Like, you know, I believe mm -hmm. in God and I feel like he's watching over me. Mm. Like, everything is lining up. And it's like, I'll be an idiot not to take these risks and at right. least try. Yeah, I and think man, that... like, it's, uh, it's just crazy how it snowballs. I don't know if you guys know this, but, you know, Ty Lopez, Grant Cardone, all these things. Like, I started, like, the more I'm doing this, I'm starting to understand the back end of that industry. Mm. These people are, they pay for best-selling books. So if I'm spending $1,000 a day and I'm generating close to 80 to 100,000 a month, I can afford to maybe in two months time, take my entire profits of those two months, mm -hmm. that $100,000, literally get a, a crap book. Just, a, I'll, I can write an absolute garbage show of saying how to revolutionize your construction business. Something garbage right, that right, I would okay. never do, right? But just to give you an idea. Okay. Just two months of that, and I can have it be a New York Times bestseller for twenty thousand dollars. 
you give it away for free and then it, it, it's best selling because it's you gave because no one paid so are you serious because you did shit. i'm not yeah, making that's, this that's up. how that works i'm yeah. not making this up for twenty thousand yeah. dollars i can get featured on forbes 30 under 30 you pay for that <laughs> these people don't earn them just that just an idea for seven thousand seven thousand dollars i can be featured on yahoo finance for thirteen thousand dollars i'll get an interview with cnn and for like two hundred fifty thousand dollars Jimmy Kimmel will have me on. <laughs> Dude, I'm not yeah. making this up. Okay, hold on. I swear hold on, I'm making this up. Back up, back up, back up. Austin, did you know that people also sell co- cocaine for a living? Yes, I do. I do. Now, yeah. <laughs> now, hold on. Like, who are you paying this to? That might sound like a stupid question, but how do you, like, you know, do you pick up the phone and call Forbes and you're like, all right, I got that, no, there's I got like that 30 a, um, grand. There's like a literally like a plug. You just call this one person who has that those connections because Forbes doesn't want you to know that people paying for these articles, but there's just going to have to come a time where, yes, I'm telling you right now, I'm saying it live right now, I'm very transparent. I will pay for a Forbes article because it gives me that social proof and it'll give me that advertisement. It's a form of advertising. Right. And it's it's going to be an honest article, but when people type my name and they see a Forbes article. Right, because you're not lying about the things you've accomplished. It's just like, it's just just like. There's maybe, there's maybe like, I don't know, this is a random guess, but let's say there's 20 people in the world that are trying to do what you're doing or, or not trying to do what you're doing, but kind of they're your age group. They're, they have a really profound idea that they're working on that's starting to become, that's growing and it's becoming, you know, successful in a certain, to a certain extent. Forbes might not be able to find them or Yahoo Finance or whatever, right? So you're just helping them. It's almost like a finder's fee for yourself, and you're not lying, dude. Yeah, it, it just okay. keeps going on and on this list. Yo, the, and yo, the quarter million for Jimmy Kimmel that might be a, you know, in five, five, ten years time, that might be a good ticket to write off. I don't know, man. I don't know, but but the the point I'm making here is, <laughs> is that that's why these guys like Grant Cardone, Ty mm. Lopez, is that's why they exist. You, 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 yeah, like I th- like to think I have good delayed gratification. But these guys, they're making millions and not like spending any of it. And they're strategically injecting cash back into the business where they can actually create themselves into celebrities. Austin, if I show up as an ad on your phone every day for six months, you will think I'm a celebrity. Like it's over time, sure, yeah. The first call I made was with a guy named Mamadi in Washington, DC. When I called him and he picked up the phone, he was like, hello, who is this? I'm like, this is Amr. You have a scheduled like strategy session with me. How you doing? It's like, Amr, I'm a big fan. I watched your video. I listened to your podcast. And man, it's an inspirational story. I cannot wait to jump on this call. I was like a celebrity in this guy's eyes. And I thought this was like just to me. I talked to other people who are successful in this industry. This effect is prominent. Wow. And it feeds back into, into that loop that I'm a figure of authority. Wow. So... So I, what I would have essentially this business is, on the other hand, it has that. Um, You're self-marketing as well. The not. more I market, the more I, I, people see me, the more like self-fulfilling I, prophecy. Yeah, there's a website called perfectaudience.com where it takes your Facebook pixel and is able to have you target people everywhere else on the Internet. Everywhere. If you're if you're on Snapchat, you'll find me there. If, 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 and, and, and I'm building that up. I need 10,000 people. I need 10,000 leads before I can activate mm. that. Mm. But once I'm there, I basically achieve omnipresence where if John clicks 
on my ads, he'll find me on audible.com. Mm. He'll find me everywhere. Yo, because you're getting really, uh, this is really interesting here. You're getting into the weeds. Dude, yeah. Because if you think about the biggest businesses that like have grown are ones that take advantage of data. Well, it's interesting to say that, Amber, because it makes me realize that like the degree that I'm getting, which is a master's of science degree in marketing and consumer behavior is outdated. <laughs> like I'm learning this from you and not because I don't want to learn it from you, but it's just like, you know, like I think the education system when it comes to this stuff is really behind um, in terms of how things work. And obviously there's not going to be a course on how to make yourself a celebrity, but just the idea of how to really, really understand all of the metrics that you're talking about in your ads and, uh, social media marketing is, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But here's the other thing that's with it. Like John, John made a comparison with railroads, like the people who used to build the railroads. Okay. Um, there's like a, a heavy fee to enter. Like I had to like sink down. Like I think I had to spend $45,000 before I saw my first profit. Right. So that like tranche, that tranche that I had tranche. to dig through and, and, yeah. and hold my breath for, like that barrier to entry also protects me. In what way? Like let's the say- The barrier to entry. The barrier oh, entry. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, I get what you're saying now. It costs forty five thousand dollars, and not everybody has that. So, and if they did, my ad spend, like let's say somebody today decided to be my competitor, it'll take them a year to put a product right. equal to mine, and it's going to take them another six months to catch up to me. No, no, no. It takes them another. Yeah, let's say they built it, and then they spend another three months like starting to advertise. In that year and like a quarter, my ad spend is going to be so disproportionately a multiple of theirs that I'm going to out I'm going to dilute the crap out. Right. So, how do you figure out if there's other people out there doing this? How do well, you search for that? Well, I it's uh I I get to, I basically make my my Facebook profile what my ideal customer is. So, I know I have so much data on what my interests of my my customers are that I go like the same stuff so that mm. I would get targeted by similar things that they're getting targeted. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I make sense. myself like a like a bait. I become I become a bait. I turn my entire Facebook profile into the ideal candidate to be sold this product as a contractor. And then I see ads of other competitors. Interesting. Yeah. So Oh man, I'm just so pumped up. I never thought I would go into this detail, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just so happy. Is basically I don't I don't care like like I said if I don't make any money, I'm just so happy that I have this thing. Man, yeah. it's really crazy because if I search up um, consultant, like let's say I'm uh, I'm a prospective client of yours. I I don't know about you yet, and I'm sitting there. And I'm having some really, I'm having a hard time running my contracting business, right? Uh, trades business. Sure. And I'm like, man, I need some help. So I go on Google and I type in consultant for contracting business. <laughs> you know what pops up is all the sponsored ads. BDC, Deloitte, InCloud, uh, BCG, like 
it's like as if I'm going to go contact Deloitte, you know? I run a roofing business. Like, it's <laughs> there's Hell such yeah. a big gap. Like, it's, yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. I mean. Hmm. And then the next thing is like, oh, there's something else here. Yeah. Um, so, the yeah. basic plan now that this is in place is uh, I will continue doing, I don't know, 20 calls, 20, 30 calls a week uh, for the next year. Then we're going to pivot into automating that system where I can take myself out from that so I don't have to do the phone calls. And then I can ramp my ad spend to above $1,000 a day. Mm. Pretty much to as much as I want. And um, yeah. What do you see being your biggest challenge? Uh, just my focus. That's it. That's it. Focus. Interesting. Like not being diverted by like shiny objects. Have you struggled with your focus in the past? No, 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 not at all. But like that more than ever, it's that important. Because if I lose focus, then I'll produce lower quality uh, sales calls. If I lose focus, my ads won't be as optimized. If I lose focus, the content in my course drops. If I lose focus, my presence on Q&A calls with my customers becomes less quality. How do you define focus? Um, like focus, just what my focus is on. Like that's... Like I'm not doing anything else except this business. I'm not okay. I'm not starting a hobby. I'm not doing something else that's completely unrelated. You're minimizing Yeah, so you basically you're saying like um is as long as you dedicate yourself to this, you think you'll do well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's just that it's just about focus now. Hmm. And uh you know, just it seems knowing like you've it seems like you've found out the cost that you have to pay. And it seems like you think that you're willing to pay it. Oh, dude, I'm willing. I'm willing to pay it more than anybody. <laughs> I'm willing to die to make sure that I stay on top here, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I'm not trusting the construction industry with anybody else. Not when I'm this close. I'm close. Mm -hmm. I'm close to doing something that I feel is worthwhile in my life, and I cannot let mm -hmm. it slip to some guy who just wants some quick money. Because mm -hmm. I've seen the back end. I see how easy I can get these guys on the call. Oh wow. I know how it so, works. So yeah, talk about that more, please, because I think that you're missing. I don't think you've explained how you try and like you qualify people for your services. You're not just Correct. trying to sell them on things. No, so why don't no, you speak no. about that a little bit? I think that's that's actually a really important value that I actually try to use in my business as well. It doesn't happen a lot, but I've walked away from quotes where it's just like, hey, we probably shouldn't do work together, right? Like, yeah. so and I don't think a lot this. of people do that. So yeah, talk Because my it. business is online, my reputation is in the hands of the first thousand customers that I bring on. Yeah, yeah. After the first thousand customers, I think I can go just apeshit and just completely attack the market. Mm -hmm. Nobody would, I'll go nuclear. But until then, I need a thousand happy people. Because right. I'll have a, like a very solid base. I'll have... Probably People around that two. Will speak positively about. You. Yeah, I'll have three hundred testimonials. I'll have like over a thousand people in my Facebook group. I'll have that like the undeniable core. You've established that legitimacy. Exactly. Yeah. So the next thousand customers are going to be my my referrals, my word of mouth marketing. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to be in the comments protecting my name brand. They're mm -hmm. the ones that are going to be liking my ads if they see them, and I have to make sure 
that I'm not selling this program to anybody who's just gonna half-ass it, who thinks this is like a red pill solution, that this is a shortcut to success, because it isn't, there's no shortcut. I say that, that's in my script. Before I close somebody and they ask me, hey, you know, I make it clear, this is gonna be the most amount of work you're gonna do in your life. And then the people that buy are who, who are the ones that understand. Amber, do you think that um, most people that go into the industry that you're going into have similar intentions when they first enter as well? I, I can't speak to others' intentions, but I can see how easy bad intentions can can be motiv- like can be encouraged. Do you think there's a slippery slope to it at all? Like as in like once you kind of go down even just a little bit one down one path, you kind of just slide fully into it? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It feeds bad intentions really well. Like let's say I have a... Um, but do you not think that the paying for the Forbes ads might be kind of a, a one step down that path? Depends on the content of the Forbes app, the, the, the Forbes article. If I'm lying about my success and my customer's success, then yes, that's down the wrong path. But what I'm saying when I pay for the Forbes article, what I'm saying to you is I'm getting you more likely to read this article about me because the Forbes name is there. It's still up to me and my story to sell you. It's still up to the video that you're gonna watch to sell you. It's still up to that sales call for you to decide. But what I'm paying for is that logo up there. So you're just like 20% more likely to complete that first sentence. But like that's kind of like the whole like as seen on Forbes or as seen on CNN kind of thing or like as seen on Dragon's Den kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I don't like 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 people wouldn't go on Forbes and and see the the advertisement, right? Like you, they would, you you would pay for the Forbes so that you could then say that you were featured on Forbes, right? No, I wouldn't do that. I personally wouldn't do. I won't slap it as seen as Forbes because that's that's out of integrity. I wouldn't like that. Forbes didn't reach out to me. I reached out to them. Hmm. The whole idea of the Forbes article is if somebody's a really curious customer that wants to learn more about me, they can find an article there that they can read more mm. about me. Mm. But I'm not going to use it as a sticker to label on the front of my my website as seen as Forbes. I think that's a low blow. Well, what I actually don't see that. What's the difference between you saying that... Because it's misleading. Well, it's disingenuine. It's 100% disingenuine. Yeah. Yes. Like, imagine, like, I imagine, imagine I like essentially paid for for testimonials oh if you paid for it sure i can see that but yeah if you're paying for it what's the purpose of not being able to market it i guess is my only question well i i think what like like i just like the like the industry as a whole like 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 it can lead down a slippery slope i mean like like there's something like where like people pay for like harvard college which is not actually harvard like harvard so business school and they like pay there's a guy who well, it's it's just it's super embarrassing where they basically they have a huge audience of people who are all like paying to be there, and then they go up on stage and they speak in front of this crowd, acting as if it's they're they're speaking at Harvard, and then and then everyone claps and is all cheer, and then that guy sits in the crowd, and then someone else goes up and gives their speech, and like so that's something that people do, like and it's disingenuous, but like you can also pay like you can pay to get featured on 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 Forbes and it's like you or you pay and you write the article but like some people will pay for an, a Forbes article but like they'll write it as if someone else wrote it about them so oh, for like so true. like they'll write it they'll be like, oh like like they'll be like uh, Austin Trudeau is like such a brilliant man and like it's he's like so you know so smart and 
he's just like good looking and like they'll just like write all this like nonsense about themselves and like act as if it was like featured on <laughs> Forbes, right? Yeah. And then like as featured on CNN, like you could just pay for a CNN interview, right? And and uh, like there's all these like just ridiculousness like that where like a lot of YouTube ads like, and like for these like online guru spaces, like because Amher's essentially saying he wants to enter into this um, into a a den of thieves and be a be honest right right because the, the industry is just absolutely plagued with the most scum humans you could possibly imagine like lying deceitful you know, scam artists and Ammer is saying he's going to enter that but not do like the, the it, their way he wants right. to reintroduce integrity to that industry that is full of entrepreneurs yeah okay I get and, I, that. and i've seen john like uh, if you look up sam ovens He's the one who entered the, he's one that entered the industry with integrity. He's the person that I look up to. If you look at any of his comments, there's like hundreds of comments on each of his ads of his customers protecting his name brand because he delivers well, so much the value. One thing I will say though is it's, it, it has been proven though that Sam did pay for testimonials and it's 100% been confirmed. So, hmm. no, we talked about this. Yes, I agree. But that was like, Maybe he had some bad intentions back then, but I don't know if that one act should should lead potentially. To potentially, I, I I would rather give him the benefit. All I'm saying is he has an excellent product that people love that he's actually generally changed lives with, and that's what I want to create. Well, that's what I was asking you earlier. I wonder how many people like like I'm fascinated to see your journey in the industry. Like, I wonder how many people enter it in with the same intentions. You know, like have you ever seen? Um, um, it's kind of like the undercover cop who like goes into it like trying to bust the gang yeah, yeah, but then ends up being a drug dealer sold you know it. yeah but yeah, John gets, yeah, yeah. Th- these other guys don't have the weekly call and they don't have a John Morgan so true to, oh, to I'm not doubting you Amber, I, there's, Amber there's, there's no there's no there's there's not like, yeah there's no there's none of that no what no, I meant no, though is I, no, I'm curious I agree, to see the reason I say how that, many people go into it with, with similar intentions because no one of course, like no, like the same way that no one wakes up and thinks that they're gonna be the one that you know drinks and drives and kills someone. I wonder, like, no one thinks that they're gonna be like the one that goes into an industry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but John, who knows? Yeah. Maybe I might get blindsided by it, and I need an exorcism on this podcast. Maybe you'd be like, "Yo, Amber, you're literally saying what you weren't gonna do." So that's why I'm bringing this well, up. Oh, now. Like, even Wolf of Wall Street. Remember when he like shows up and he like was like so green, and he was yes. like, "Yes, right," and then, and then he ends up going on that path, right? So I wonder. Uh, I wonder. If the industry itself is is what is, you know, is it corrupt people that go into a, uh, the industry, or is it the people corrupts. that go into a corrupt industry that corrupts them? Right. I wonder. Uh, it, we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> but contracting might be similar too. I mean, I, I you know maybe people don't go into. Not everyone goes into contracting that rip people off, but that's just where they end up, right? I think that ends up out of desperation because they don't know. Like every time I jump on the calls, there's like this race to the bottom. There's a very famous service in uh, in the U.S. called Home Advisor and Thumbtack. They basically give leads to contractors, but they give leads to more than one contractor. So they're all competing with each other, and the person who has the lowest price always gets the job. Ridiculous. So these guys are literally doing jobs for free. But it's because they don't know any other way, right? So I think, yeah, yeah, man, I, I can't wait to uh, to bring a, a renaissance, a revolution, so to say, to this industry. I think it's, uh, yeah. That's exciting, we'll man. I'm, I'm really uh, happy for you. I'm out of breath. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what happens for sure. Yeah, how's, so, uh, how's your week, John? 
you know, my week's been pretty steady. Um, yeah. How about yours, man? How would, uh, yeah, pretty steady as well. Um, it's, uh, it's been great. I, I would say it's weird, like booking up work. At, I would say like a bit of a faster rate during COVID than normal. Like the three past years where I've done sales in January and February. Um, it's been a little bit spicier this year. Hey? It is spicy. It's spicy, man. People know. People have now been like COVID's almost in Canada at least. COVID's almost one years one year old, right? Yeah. And people get like they un, they saw what happened to their friends doing home improvement projects and stuff. So it's just cool to see that people now understand when you say, "Hey, I'm calling you to do this early so that you can get this done." They're like, "Oh yeah, thanks, and let's do this." Yeah, the pre-bookings have been insane. Like, I, yeah. I, I certainly have found that a lot more people are, um, like, the sense of urgency is there. Yeah, like I've put in, I would say about fifty percent of the eff- of the time, not the effort. I shouldn't say that. I've put in fifty percent of the time that I would have put in, when I was doing this in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, because I now have a bigger team to coach, and I'm also um, going to be. Uh, well, I, and I'm finishing up this degree and I'm, and I'm out of the th- three past years where I've ran my business, uh, I'm at the highest sales in, on this week of February 7th by a lot, which is insane. Um, which makes me think like, I'm jealous of you, John, that you, you're just going, you know, all out with one, with, with one input source and you're probably getting you know, two, three X my return just cause you're having like more in a week, right? More volume. Um, mm. so it's cool. I'm excited Yo, d- to see what this year does. Cause I, I hope that we're able to now ride the wave as well with, with the ease of finding, helping people find employment. Like I'm, I'm also hoping that COVID helps us that way as well, where it helps us with demand, but it also helps us with like people yeah, in, I, I at know. 19 I'm to 25 age group. Like if they're going to be looking for work, I haven't noticed it yet, but we'll find yeah, out me pretty too. quick here. Yeah. Dan is booking ten thousand dollars a day. That's insane. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> yeah. He like called me today. He's like, bro, I don't know what to do. I'm like, oh, relax. Yo, so hold on. So he's booking ten thousand. So he's booking seventy thousand dollars a week. No. So yeah, yeah. wait, yeah. ten thousand dollars a like a day. Wait. So. Average how many days out, has he? Do yeah, you know how many? Just trying to, I mean, no, yeah. How many days has he done that for? Like, as in, like, since January first, he's booked ten grand a day, or? I think for the past like three weeks. So he's booked yeah. a quarter That's million incredible. dollars in the past three weeks. Huh? He's booked like just shy of a quarter million dollars in the past three weeks. He's trending to do three million. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. He has two man. sales. Good for him. Now. Good for him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Good for him. Same systems that we're using. Same systems. Just bigger balls. Mm. <laughs> wow, man. Wow. That's why I love this industry, man. You know? Mm. It's so simple. It is. Who, who's the it hardest really working, bravest mother effer gets paid the most? That's it. But I would say like... I guess it's well, not necessarily, great. not necessarily, because hold on. No, I know. I know. One, one, yeah, one, th- one thing, just to, one thing to just completely fully understand here is revenue does not equal profits, mm-hmm. and growth does not equal profits. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, Airbnb still has not turned a profit, so Fair let's play. just settle down here. Yeah, yeah. But their settle founders down. are billionaires. 
Yeah, Daniel Drew, also one of the richest men in the world, went bankrupt at like fifty-five. So you know, I mean, like it's like the, the ultimately until the until the book is closed, you don't ever know. So, Dan, I love you, but yeah, we will find out. Let's have a it's good year. True. I think Robert Kiyosaki said like um, you, you you should measure uh, wealth like over time. So if if somebody made a million dollars this year, but then they spent a million dollars, they were actually like wealthy for z- like zero days, whereas mm-hmm. If somebody made $100,000 this year, but then spent 40000 of it, then they're wealthy for two and a half years. They're, they have two and a half years well, of leeway. Another thing that humans do is that they tend to act as if the results they got today and yesterday are what's going to happen in the future. Forever. 100%. Yeah. And not, and not only that, they speak as if it happened forever. Like when someone says they make 150 grand a year, it's like, are they saying that as in they've made 150 grand for the last 10 years or they just started making 150 grand? So... You know, because um, when you when you when you're valuing a business, you, you you certainly wouldn't want to value the business on what it just did yesterday and today, necessarily. You'd want to do what it averaged over the last five years, right? So you look for track record, right? Like for example, you certainly you sure as hell wouldn't want to buy an oil company at the peak, because that's not an that's not an accurate representation of the value of that business because there's peaks there's ebbs and flows right so you'd want to take a five year average or ten even a, maybe a twenty year cycle period right but here's an interesting one so the growth rate in Kelowna for like properties has been like well into the like double digits like fifteen to twenty percent over the last annualized over the last like five years so people are like oh dude Kelowna is just fucking like doubling like every like four or five years I'm like well hold on it doubled over the last five years. But if you bring out the track record to like the 1980s, it's like we're looking more in that six to seven percent range, which is still great. But like, let's just settle down here. Like, why are we all just why are we why are we cutting off the track record at, at exactly the the point where it, it doubles every five years? Like, why is that what we're doing? Right? Like, <laughs> yes, right. That's all about statistics, man, and data. That's one thing. I, that, that's why the book "Only the Paranoid Will Survive" is like. Did you read that book? No, but I don't need to. It's like, I feel like just yeah, the title, yeah, I'm getting yeah. so much goddamn value from just the title. Well, inflection points, right? Like, so it, it's disingenuous. Like, it's kind of like that guy, like, like, uh, like you, you'll see this online. Like, they'll be like, oh, like, like I started working with this guy and now he does like $100,000 a month. It's like, well, hold on. He sold $100,000 last month, but like how many months has he sold this 100000 for? Because if it's only one month, it's like, did he get one job? Like, what's... Right, like it's disingenuous. Like if I if I sold a hundred thousand dollar project this week, it would it would be disingenuous for me to say I sold a hundred thousand dollars a week. It's like, well, for one week, yeah, but like, why we why is that the cutoff? Like, why? <laughs> Dude, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because ultimately, you ultimately average is what you get, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember what we were talking about with the railroads and how I wanted to show you a video. Do you want me to show you that now, or you want to do it? After? I don't. But if you send it to me, I hundred percent will watch it. I can't send it. That's the thing. What, what is it? Again? Well, let's talk about railroads. This. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So, so on, d- Austin, just so you have some context. So like I was saying to, to Ammer, because I was saying how I was reading a lot about railroads over the last, you know, like several months. And mm-hmm. and, and and they're a very capital intensive business. Mm. But the other thing is that they require tons of capital in order to grow. So like Ammer's business, one of the, it's not a downside. It's just a feature. Okay. Because like, I don't want to like make it seem like I'm saying this is not good because it's it's not it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just, this is just 
something that's it's it's, it's a characteristic it's a, of his business. It's a, yeah, it's a personality trait. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, it, like, so at any given point, Amher's owner owner's earnings will be zero until he stops growing his business. At which point, he can then start pulling cash out because up until sort loosely because. Um, he'll be reinvesting 100% of his money back into the business in order to grow the revenue up to a point where he thinks it's sustainable or it's no longer the case that the return on his invested capital is mm. sufficient enough uh, that, thus that he, could, he would invest it elsewhere. So mm. if he's going to be able to get, would say, a 25% return in real estate, but for every dollar he's investing in his business, uh, he's getting you know a higher return than that, well, then it would make sense to reinvest in his own business. Mm-hmm. But the tech, technically speaking, the owner's earnings of his business, just like a railroad, will be zero, such that you stop growing and then you start pulling money out of the business. Right. Yep. So you can build a shit ton of equity, but you don't get a lot of cash flow from capital-intensive mm-hmm. businesses until you stop growing. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they spit off cash like a fucking fire hydrant. Yeah, and that's what railroad like railroad businesses. The trick is not over leverage though, because that's where railroads went wrong. Was that mm-hmm. they were using tons. So Ammer is in a really good position because he's not cash poor. So um, what happened with railroads is that they were they were using other people's money or they were borrowing money to grow the railroads. But of course, there's cycles, right? Like not every, for example, some weeks you may not sell, you know, twenty thousand. You might only sell five one week, right? But of course, if you're using other people's money, you can only weather the storm so long. And a lot of times the railroads um, just didn't have enough money to continue growing. They were over leveraged. It's not quite a perfect analogy. It doesn't quite line up perfectly, but it's close. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was basically telling John that there's a, somebody's like a video that talks about that that I wanted to show him. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. But that, that, the, the concept in itself is basically pretty cool. Whereas uh, Austin, the business you and I are in is not capital intensive; it's labor intensive. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to scale a labor intensive business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're also labor. great for cash flow because the and the reason why I say they're great for cash flow is because assuming they're profitable, you can take cash out of the business pretty easily in the sense that it doesn't make sense to reinvest into a painting business very mm-hmm. much. Yeah, because there's only so much. You have to hire more people, but that doesn't necessarily cost more money. Right. So you can get a good return on capital in a in a painting business. Whereas, yeah, yeah, I'm really interested to see um, how this goes with uh, how this goes with you, Amor, for the next couple months. Um, I think I think uh, I need six months, and then we can actually like sit down and start looking at the data, and then I think so, and then start celebrating. So that's why I'm not like too too like relax well, I, I think that we can start celebrating in about five years <laughs> that's pretty good man. that's pretty well really though yeah. you know I, i'm yeah. just thinking about that for a second <laughs> yeah Damn. I, like this. I gotta hold my breath for five years john <laughs> well i i think you don't you, do you do you disagree i think i should still celebrate some things Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, you obviously, <laughs> want to have a smile on your face. No, I am. Or you gotta. Day. But what? What? Yeah. But what, when you say celebrate, I mean, like, I, I, I think that. Um, what I meant by I celebrate. Yeah. What I meant by celebrate in six months is like I can exhale, knowing that the numbers and the data that I'm looking at over the past six months, are actually like, grounded in something. 
Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm not saying all oh, yeah, this. Put our feet up. Yeah, you just want to avoid up. like the the like the remember like the rookie operator that like books a bunch of work like no dude oh my god yeah you want to avoid that of course right oh dude hundred percent hundred percent yeah that's like the total nightmare like complacency. Oh, dude, yeah. there's no way. Yeah, yeah. No, in six well, months. Well, Amher's never been that way. Well, no, way. but there is a way, though. There is a way, though. There is, I mean, because very very intelligent people do it all the time. Like, there's there's certainly a so way So what's doing the it. antidote? Am- Amher's not the... Pardon me? What's the antidote? Well, I think being humble like you. Like, I think that you mm-hmm. realize... Like, I think that, like, as soon as you say, like, oh, like, my, like as long as I stay focused. Like, you clearly understand that you need to stay focused, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, fair you, play, you, fair you, need, you, need, you need to keep keeping your input right and, and i think that you completely acknowledge that but like you're you're you know i mean dude your your mindset's like incredible right i mean you're um you have really good fortitude well i was just about to I point can't. out like i don't think amber's ever been that guy that gets complacent from being but that scares me when you say that because then it makes i know me that's like, actually you know? That, that gets you deeper into the wormhole of getting complacent yeah. <laughs> i know i don't i don't i don't know about you guys i don't even like getting compliments i'm like you know what, dude like i get that you're trying to help me out so here that's the nice thing things, right like, at the same uh, time that's why i like, said that, that shit. <laughs> but yeah. hold on you, like, you, should, you should tell me so i'd on. rather you hear austin is like oh Ammer, you're in the worst you're possible shit. situation yeah no 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 you're in the worst and riskiest position you should be extra no but paranoid. honestly though that's the case though this is this is the whole thing of the only the paranoid survive it's like yes. it's like the moment you think that like it's all that good. you're safe that's well, like that's it also when ties back to fan. repeating entropy yeah, yeah. or avoiding entropy right people that avoid entropy totally. are really paranoid yeah oh, yeah man like I'm uh I, I <clears throat> but the one I thing i was going to yeah. share Amber, was that the um the time that we first met it was because you were you know lower down on the leaderboard so to speak and you weren't like super judgmental of yourself or anything you were just obsessed with getting to the point that you wanted to get to for the right reasons for for a lot of internal reasons you know and you just the gave reason me I a call. Called, yeah. yeah the reason i called you is cuz i was just like i'm not doing something right so it was like the self admittance that most people never do. Right. I just admitted that you were better at me. And most people It just really freaked me out. I, I, <laughs> I like like I remember I I literally remember where I was sitting in Miranda's house when I got this call from you. And I was in the middle of having dinner with her and this 416 number pops up. I'm just like, what is this? Like pick it up. Hey, Austin, it's Ammer. Uh, and I'm just like, who are you, man? And you're like, oh, I'm an operator with StudentWorks. And I was like, oh, cool. You're like, do you have a few minutes to chat? And I'm like, yeah. You know, and Miranda's just like, oh, for God's sake, like we're in the middle of dinner and, and she, you know, the big eye roll comes. And then you start asking me questions. We set up another call and uh, yeah. Anyway, but you weren't ever like, yo, um, so, uh, what's going on like you know what's the what's the secret you know or, or what's the you're like what are you doing how can i how can i emulate this how can i do all of this and then i i, I joke around with the people at student works because you in the following two weeks after that phone call you blew past me and i never caught you ever like there was never a point where even for a week that I was ahead of you after that point, which is insane if you think about that, right? Like there wasn't one week, like there was a two week delay after we first talked. And then as of that point, you permanently surpassed. 
has surpassed me. And I've never actually got to the point that you've gotten to in revenue. Like, and, and now I'm just in a different model. Like I'm coaching people. So combined, it would be different, I guess more. But again, you know, I, 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 I will, I, it's, I would consider it very unlikely that a business that I personally own and operate would do half a million dollars in revenue in eight months. And it's interesting how life works that way because I Thanks, was man. a part of like a very small part, but I was like a, a, a preliminary variable of that person's trajectory, even though I didn't do it. You know, it's weird how that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now so. you're likely going to be that for someone else with TradeArc, right? Is you're going to be that early variable for someone else's trajectory that makes you, that blows past you permanently. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy world we live in. I wonder if I, I think I, I, I took notes when I called you. Oh, mm. God. Let's find. Oh, man. That would be hilarious. I remember the one thing we spoke about that night was that the power of like, uh, oh yeah, you were pretty hung up on the idea of a sales number. And I said, dude, stop worrying about sales. They mean nothing. We just have deposit checks. And I remember you being like, there was like a bit of a light bulb that went off there. Do you remember that? Say it again. So you called me and you were like, hey, like how are you at this much in sales? I think I was at like 50, 60, thousand and you were at 15 or something and you were like how did you get to that amount and i said well first of all don't think of it as being higher than yours because all i have i actually and i said i actually from an accounting standpoint i actually have more liabilities than you do because all i have are deposits for projects that haven't been completed right now that sale those sales are worth nothing until i've painted these houses and you're like huh like i remember there being like a what yeah kind of like a bit of a oh i've been thinking about this the wrong way a little bit like a little bit yeah no you're right i remember that being something we spoke about (laughs) did i did did i text you the first i don't know what happens if i go to our first text what would that date be maybe i uh i've changed phones a few times so i don't know if i would have them but yeah we're gonna have Hmm. to scroll up for a while but uh well we don't text each other too much so that's true that's true this is some really good content people are just gonna wait for us to scroll up oh i found it march 18th 2018 <laughs> the document <laughs> what does it say hold on march dude my first text to you to this number oh austin. you're finding the text okay austin it's amber i'm back baby <laughs> oh my god that that just sparked some PTSD in my head, dude. That was the text you sent me when you booked 60K in one week. You're like, nice man. You booked over 20K this week, question mark, insane. I'm like, thanks man, XD. By the way, I pushed <laughs> I pushed the living hell of the no tax like you suggested, double exclamation mark. Mm. Thanks for the tip, smiley face. Oh yeah, and no, no. Like, you booked Anytime, 60, man. Yeah. We're all trying to make sure that we all have the best summer possible. Wow, dude. That's interesting. So, I must have called you. Oh, man. 
That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The weekly call was born right there. That text. XD. <laughs> yeah. XD. All right. Um, do you have a? Hold on, I'm going back. I'm going back. Oh no. Uh, let me. I'll share a screen with you. Let's see oh no no no. So this is March 18th. Um, I don't see. Get ready to head out to the Hyatt. It's March 18th. I must have called you during one of these sessions. Call clients and yeah. convert. Call clients and convert. Canvas. Interesting, man. Hmm. It. Uh, I don't know where that would be. I don't know where that would be. Interesting. Kind of a bit of change of pace here. Austin, how's school going for you? Yeah, uh, really interestingly, actually, um, in the process of about to release my, well, I have one class that I'm, I have one more class to complete, which I'm doing right now. So I'm doing my last course. Uh, it's in, it's in sustainability marketing, which is really one of my favorite topics. Um, talking a lot about how companies like to, you know, tack on a lot of sustainability and corporate social responsibility initiatives into their company, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons, not bad reasons, but like ulterior motives. It kind of gets at this like human's detection um, to be able to like detect whether somebody's trying to do things for ulterior motives or for inauthenticity, right? It's pretty interesting, uh, and and how consumers behave as a result of that. Um, really, really cool course. Um, and then on top of that, I'm doing my thesis, and my thesis is half done approximately, and we're starting to put it together to go live. Um, and the 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 thing with that is that that's going on in. March and that's going to be online for people to complete through the university because the nice thing about this is that people complete my thesis for course credit in undergraduate courses so the way that the school set up is like if you take an undergraduate course in marketing four percent of your final grade is to participate in research and then they then have to go on this portal and fill out and participate in my thesis and then I give them credit in their course so it's actually a really good system because it allows me to get participants naturally. Um, and that'll be during the month of March. And then the month of April will be me exporting all my data, analyzing it, writing out my thesis. That'll be, well, writing it will be in May as well. And then I'll be submitting in probably late July and defending in August or September. Uh, I got pushed back a little bit because of COVID. So I'm looking at like a four month delay, but I mean, once I'm done my course, my thesis is really my only focus and it's fun, man. Like I, I enjoy it, but at the same time, like I'm extremely psyched to be done and be able to focus on things that are extremely, you know, time sensitive and prevalent in my life with the businesses I'm in and, and being able to have this accreditation is awesome. But I'm, I also, I'm really looking forward to being done. Yeah. It's interesting though, like completing a master's degree that was really meant to be in person online is kind of weird but it's, it's what it is i never got a graduating ceremony 
Yeah, me neither. I, I never walked across the uh, the stage. Yeah. The arbitrary knowledge. Yo, John, you, you brought up something to me earlier, man, this week. You want to bring it up? I think we should talk about what it. What was it? Just about the podcast. No better oh. time than the present, my friend. Well, you bring it up. It was your point. Fair enough. Um, yeah, you bring it up. I mean, you, you, you're kind of setting me up in an awkward way, so you can, you can bring it up. So, so John called me this week, and we're like thinking about the the podcast itself, and like our approach. And the main the main thing is that I think if we think of it over the long term, I think we we are gonna get fatigued if we treat this other if we treat this call other than a weekly call. If we like treat it like a podcast, I think we're gonna get like pretty fatigued. But whereas if I'm like if we just revert back to the first calls that we've ever had, I think we're going to have an infinite amount of content. Whereas the other way around where, remember how we got into a debate, Austin, a couple episodes ago about like, um, should we acknowledge that there's an audience or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That, that, I think it's an interesting thing that we should bring up again. And, uh, and John brought it up to me earlier this week. And um, the, the, just, the, the gist of what I remember is that um if we there's a couple of things there's a bias that that we know it all that sometimes leaks out out of all of us and we're all responsible for it john's responsible for it i'm responsible for it you're responsible for it where that sometimes we speak in absolutes as if as if what we're saying is like the right thing to do just because we achieved some results mm. it was kind of similar to like um, the, the the fallacy that, okay, just because somebody did more in revenue or more in profit than another business doesn't make it that it's the right and absolute business. Mm. There's also another thing, which is like, we also speak as if, because it's two versus one here, there's a bias that what we talk about uh, regarding systems in this business, we, we have a heavy leading that the right way is the East way, while sometimes what the what the west is doing may not be 100 percent, which is not intentional yeah but it's just because there's we only No, i actually spoke way. with Gord, uh gordon <laughs> with jordan geez jordan i like that uh he texted me about our our john's folly podcast and um he was just like it was kind of interesting to listen to and frustrating at points because you were both right and wrong at the same time the I know, whole time I know, yeah i know i know yeah so so that's the the first point that John made was that um, we speak in absolutes and we should stop. Yeah. And then, well, this- it's just that like Austin, I mean, yeah, just to kind of piggyback on that, uh, Amber, was that like one thing I find that that's happening is that we're all speaking, but like there's not much dialogue about what we're speaking. Like as in Amber will say something and like you and I won't even actually question what he's saying necessarily. Like as Which in, is what we used to do, and that's the whole purpose of this. Yes, I agree. Well, like it seems like there's an underlying assumption that anything that we, that we say is just is the truth. Whereas, you know, I think that we should test one another a bit more, and actually, and, but also try and understand one another's points. Yeah. And I think that by speaking to the audience, I think that that gets lost. That gets that 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 critique gets lost because I, I completely agree. Yeah. I had some time to think about it, and I listened to the podcast actually 
the John's Folly one. I was trying to chop it up a little bit, the video, and maybe put out an Instagram clip, but I don't know if I'll do that after all. Um, about that one episode, I should say. But I just, I, I kind of got really present to the what you were saying, John, about, well, what you just said here and what you were saying on the episode. It's the same thing. Like, I feel like you're speaking, to, uh, I can't remember what you said exactly, but it was something along the lines of like, you're speaking at me and you're not really, we're not having a conversation here. We're trying to market a message. Well, I, I think that one thing, and I, I can understand it too, because um, like specifically with you, Austin, yeah. I can understand because you're a DM. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're speaking to like franchisees a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And like, as in you're speaking to franchisees from the, like from, from the podcast mm-hmm. standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as in it's a platform for you to preach. Ideas, yeah. But I right? also have to appreciate yeah. that that's not what I'm here for. To a certain that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I think that, you know, and so, yeah, yeah. I think that's like a, I think it's a really big thing because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not DMing you. Like, cause some, <laughs> you, well, you're not, no, but, 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 but like, but no, but like when I'm, but even like when, um, like sometimes when I'm speaking, for example, I don't necessarily feel like you guys are hearing me like mm. as in, because you're not even talking to me, like as in you guys are actually speaking to the audience. And so what I'm saying you're not even because you're speaking because to me you're and I'm so, speaking to the audience. So it's like, no, yeah. Well, no, but yeah, like as in like, I'm ta- having a con- I'm trying to have a conversation with you guys and then you guys are having a conversation with the audience. And so it's, it's almost like what I'm saying. You're not even actually registering as in that's being directed towards you. Like as in you're then joining in on the conversation. Right. With, like imagine there's a child sitting in front of us and we're both preaching to it. I'm talking to you, but you, but you think that I'm talking to the child. So then you start talking to the child as well. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not talking to the child, well, Austin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like, I completely I get that action yeah. going on. Right. Um, yeah. Like right now, clearly we're speaking to one another, right? There's, yeah. there's no doubt that like, I'm not, there's no one else here. Right. Well, the, but this like, podcast, that was what the and podcast the used one. to be like, yeah, I know. I know. And, and, and I apologize if that, I don't know when that stopped. Well, it's not, it's not a you thing. I think it's an us thing. I think yeah. all of us have been doing it to some degree. Yeah, like there's been a lot of preaching going on. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I yeah. want to take it back to to the OG conversations. I remember, um, yeah, I don't know. Like we can get into heated debates like we have in the past around like the John's Exorcism episode, the One Step Forward, 90 Steps Back episode with Ammer, right? Um, there was one in there. I can't remember what it was called about me. Oh, misery loves company. That was the one about me being a bit, you know, a bit of a tool. Um, but we were having a more aggressive conversation. Not, I wouldn't say maybe aggressive, but you know, similar tonality to the one we were having before on the John's folly episode, but it was talking with each other. Like we were actually having a conversation. Whereas I completely understand the the previous one that we're referring back to. I think episode 86 uh, was what it was, John's Folly. Um, yeah, it was different. So no, I I think if we all take a pledge to do that, uh, I think it's for everybody's best interest, our listeners most more so. I, I came up with a solution to how to actually do that mm. because we would never have, we would always have phone calls, but now I'm speaking into a mic. So it's yeah. a bit weird. So a solution that came up with is we would all minimize Zoom. We wouldn't see each other's faces. Ah. And we would just look at the desktop background of our computers and just pretend that, that we're on we're a phone call. To. Exactly. Hmm. That's a good point. Although I kind of like seeing you guys. 
I agree. I agree. But I think the zoom aspect uh, can make it a bit feel feel more. Uh, yeah, we could try that west. out. Try it out. Let's try it right now. See what happens. Right. That's what I did in the first half of this episode when I was sharing about my business. Oh, okay. I like minimized it. Okay. And I was just like, like I just noticed a difference in my communication. Oh, okay. But that wasn't oh, the only thing uh, John brought up. It was like, I think there's a side effect, Austin, about like how I how we view it. So like, there's no reasonable doubt that every Sunday at 8 p.m., I'm just going to call John and you. Like that, I'm just going to That's kind of the you. same thing with me, yeah. Yeah. But it, like, there was a part of me that was a bit confused when you asked about like the Super Bowl. You know? Mm. It was kind of like... Like, do you just see this as a podcast or like a call? Because I want to check in with you. Right. And it's like, oh, it, my misinterpretation, the reason I'm bringing it up, just to let you know, like, what was in my space. You know, you asking, like, yo, are we still, like, having the, the, the call on Sunday because it's Super Bowl? It's kind of like, oh, he doesn't want to, like, he, Interesting. Not, we're not going to have our weekly call. Essentially, Austin, uh, Amr and I felt like him and I, Every Sunday, without exception, short of me being in the hospital, and even then, I think I'd still find a way, we'd make the podcast. And so when you had asked, hey, are we still doing the podcast this Sunday because of Super Bowl? We were both like, mm. oh, interesting. Like, because like, like, that's not even like remote. Like, like that's not even on our in, radar. No, but like, as in like, uh, I would try and make the podcast. As, I mean, like, think about like when I was in the middle of the golf course and I like, yeah fucking like ha! you know i mean ran out yeah to that's it, pretty I mean? insane yeah <laughs> like as in i would never want to miss the podcast so and then and then i had mentioned to amra i said well you know that that would you know i think a reasonable conclusion would be that you know uh there was a um a loss of value at some point in time mm. for, in the way that you view the podcast potentially hmm I can I can totally see where you guys are coming from, um, I, but I can also relate to like wanting to watch the Super Bowl because I mean I used to be the guy that would want to watch. The yeah, Super Bowl. Um, and there's nothing wrong with watching the Super Bowl either. Yeah, but, no, but I, like but, I completely... but Austin and I had found it in, or not Austin and I Amra had found it interesting because essentially what you were saying was that you would rather watch the Super Bowl than mm. maintain the current time for the podcast. Because you wanted to reschedule the podcast, which it wasn't. So it wasn't that you would, hey, it was cancel the podcast, mm -hmm. but it was rather. Yeah. But the, the ritual in of itself of having it on Sundays. Well, I, I could take this one of two ways, right? I could take it the like, first of all, I appreciate you guys bringing this up because I, I can totally see why this would be kind of like something that we need to address if that's what you guys are thinking. So as two guys that I have a great podcast with, I think this is really important to talk about. Um there's two ways I can go about this, right? One way would be kind of the way that my my brain gets triggered to think when not triggered in the sense of like I'm mad, Sorry. but when that what, word is uh... right. But like what gets triggered in my brain, literally triggered, not like the, you know, sure, sure. saying. Yeah, we get it. We get it. We get um, it. <laughs> is, well, hey, what's, you know, what would like, obviously none of that's real. And I start to search for things that I'm trying to like convince you guys why it would be effective to watch the super bowl or hey i really i am a football fan i really like the event of a super bowl i would like to watch it if there's no difference to you guys and we could do the podcast saturday why not right 
Now, that's where I was coming at it from because I figured that if we could watch the Super Bowl and do the podcast, that's a better outcome than having one or the oh, other. Yeah. But I was that just looking at it from like the utilitarian standpoint, which is essentially just like the greatest happiness principle. Like what, what can I do to have both? And so I sent the email a week ahead of time and we figured it out. And then we ended up deciding to do it tonight. And I was like, you know what? I can totally see why... You know, if it's only me that's interested in watching the Super Bowl, I have no problem doing the podcast during the Super Bowl like we currently are. Um, however, everything that you guys said after that point about how at some point this podcast became a little bit less meaningful for you. Potentially. I said it was a reasonable. No, potentially. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to make a claim there, but I, I can yeah, totally yeah. see why you would think that. And I just want to reiterate that's 100% not true. I just wanted to be mm, able to stuff. get, if I could have both, I wanted to get both. That's essentially my viewpoint. However, after yeah, hearing you sense. guys talk about it, it sounds like I was out of integrity with, in some form around like not really seeing. Um, I, I don't think you were out of integrity. I don't think this is. No, a, it was I, an I, integrity thing. Okay. No, it was just like, uh, our fear was that you were, that you were, um, uh, cause I mean, Personally, I have felt that the last few episodes of the podcast have been reasonably subpar. Like, as in, they, they have not been our best performances. I disagree. I think the rap episode was awesome. I think the the John's Folly episode was great, just because yeah. it was different. I actually feel opposite to that, but we could maybe feel uh, Yeah, I don't know, John, if yeah. I agree with the subpar. I don't know where that's... Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've had mixed reviews. You know, one of the interesting things is, like, when you... When you um, when you're, like we get like a lot of good feeder uh, listener feedback, but I don't know if we should take that at face value, right? Because those are the people that have stuck around to continue to listen. They, they really like it, but there's also a lot of people who listen to the podcast and they say, this isn't for me. And they, they turn away. Right. Uh, and they tune out. Okay. But we can take this from two points. Either. I can understand what you're saying. Like, okay, now it's time to cater to uh, a larger audience by being something that we're not. Or I'd much rather just be who we are and then whatever results we get are the results. Well, one thing that we talked about in the, I mean, it's almost like a deja vu moment for me for some reason, but I feel like we might've talked about this in the past where it's like, like, what is the, what is the purpose of the podcast? Right? Like, is I think it, we should it, talk it about for this. us or is it, you well, know, like, exactly, hold on. Is it, is it so, for us or is it for the listeners? Somebody that's never reached out about the podcast before to me, texted me about it this week. I didn't really know this person listened a lot. Yeah, so but that's just, one data set, you know? Like, no, I just wanted to share, like, yeah, something that someone got from a recent episode is what I'm trying to say. Um, hey, man, just wanted to give the podcast a shout-out because I went to into an estimate, and they said it was out of their budget, so we ended up taking out one side of the house, and they didn't end up they didn't end up needing to be done, and I ended up booking them. Hashtag thank you, John. Uh, and then I said um, a few things, and then he said, I said, um, I'm glad the podcast helped you out. And he said, oh, it totally does. The best part is I was literally re-listening to the 2021 Operator podcast on my way to the estimate. It was at the objection handling part, so I literally heard the objection handle five minutes before I dealt with it, so I closed Holy. it on the spot. Perfect. You know, it's just Holy. like, that's one person. You're totally right, but you'd have to think that if somebody's How going that job? Way, I don't know. I didn't ask. Uh, but I, I mean... Well, we made that guy 500 bucks. Yeah, minimum. so look, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, I, I don't... I mean, John, I, I'm, I'm here to 
to listen to your concerns about the podcast. I'm not trying to like confront you. Well, I'm not saying it's trash. Okay. I'm just saying I don't know if it's as good as we think it is. I, 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 okay, so with Why that, does that matter? Point, I actually agree with that. I, I think that we well, can make it, it better. Because I think that you, you we would, I mean, entropy, what do you mean? Like we, no, but I'd rather, <laughs> but I'd rather has, us just have better conversations, not a better podcast. I know, but I think there's very low, low hanging fruit to in, in, improve the podcast. Mm. Like what? Well, the, the one speaking to it, one another, right? Speaking to one another, I think, is a very, very easy fix. But the second thing, too, is that the podcast should not be a virtual DM for the for the franchisees. Hundred percent. I really do I, think. I, agree. I really do think it really detracts from the actual value that we could operate because they already have like these franchisees already have DMs. We don't like we don't need to be another DM for. And them. also, like, there are like, people they, that listen to this even more so that don't know what student works is that don't so, run yeah, yeah don't even, yeah, don't <laughs> which even is why i right? like it, it's funny how john i've actually it, it's one it's funny how the pendulum has swung because i remember early last I year i know this that was a deja vu moment for me yeah i was telling you to stop talking about student work so much and now the pendulum swung mm-hmm. back to me doing the same thing so i want to take ownership and accountability for that because I, well, I, I, I do really, want to make one distinction yeah. though there's a difference between speaking about our own experiences with student works, like as in like, for example, like right. currently I run a painting business. So like I could talk about my painting right. business and that's like, that's like, but, and actually giving advice, not to you, but to a listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Breaking the fourth wall. Like there's two, you know what I mean? Like if you asked me, how was your week, John? And I said, I booked this much work this week. It was fantastic. Here's some things. Uh, here's some strategies I'm right. trying and I'm speaking to you. That's one thing. But to leap beyond you and go speak to a viewer that I don't actually know who I'm speaking to, that is when I think the, the podcast suffers. John, I right? can tell I that, that, yeah. that something like, because I'm sitting here and going, hey, man, I really get it. And I want this just as much as you do to improve yeah. it in the ways that you want to improve it. Like I'm completely on your side. I can yeah. tell that like you're unhappy about something that or something else. No, that's it. Okay. Like I, I, I mean, genuinely, I mean, well, how many, t- how many, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I, f- I just feel like I brought it up a lot and I feel like it hasn't really been properly addressed. Like, like the, the actual not speaking to one another. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think this is something. Like conversations that... just don't seem to be happening like on this podcast very often. Free flowing conversations. Like it's, it's almost like we're, it's almost like a three way monologue at times. Mm right Mm -hmm. so what do you propose to do differently as a result of like flow or to change well actually develop curiosity in one another's lives right right which actually ask each other questions and then like and then try and understand what they're saying rather than thinking of like what we're going to say next did you did you think that this conversation today was like that uh like the well right now clearly we're we're speaking no up until this point well, I think that there's always going to be moments where you have to clarify things for the listeners or like things like that, that like would actually benefit the the, right. the, the listener. But um, I mean, it certainly, it certainly started off. Like, I think if you guys were to really listen to this, I think that you would, you would chunk out the first 15 minutes or so as more of a speaking to the listener. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of transitioned to then, you know, kind of talking to one another. Right. Yeah. At least on this episode specifically, but yeah. 
Okay, so what's the solution to this? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. I, like a permanent solution. I'm trying to. Well, I think I'm they're not, taking genuine curiosity in one another. I think that I think that's absolutely the solution. It's like how do you, like I think that by being oh, curious into what I'm talking about or what what you're talking about or asking questions or actually trying to understand what the person's saying and not taking taking it at face value. So, for example, when I was talking to Amber earlier, and I just want to be clear on this about what you think on this, John, and the way I can approach this. So. If I'm talking to Amber earlier and I asked him a question and then I actually backtracked a little bit and said, hey, why don't you preface this with X, Y, and Z so that we really get what you're about to say, right? Like that was at the beginning of the episode. What do yeah. you think about that as a means of communication? Because that's not really authentic and direct to Amber, but... You know, I mean, yeah, well, that's that's a good that's a good point. Like, um, you know, like I think that someone that I really look up to in the podcasting world and I think does an excellent job of actually having a conversation, but yet never really fully speaking to yeah. the listeners is Joe Rogan, of course. Right. I mean, he's I mean, he's he's highly competent at podcasting, but you'll notice that he'll just ask questions that answer the question for the listener, but he doesn't need to ask it so that the person responding is speaking to anyone but him. Oh, you're, you see yeah, what I'm saying? No, like, you're right. Like I, you, like, yeah. So rather than asking a question and having him respond to the listener, you can ask a question and have him respond to you. Like just act as if you don't know it. <laughs> I listen right. to so much Joe Rogan and actually I thought you were about to say Tim Ferriss. Well, Tim Ferriss is excellent as well. Yeah. I mean, Tim virtually never speaks to I know. the listener. I know. However, he always seems to ask a question that you, the listener, would want to know. So there's an art to it, right? But without being interested in what the person's speaking about, you're not asking questions, you're just speaking. And when, when you're just speaking, it's, it's, I guess it, then it becomes a three-way monologue. Yeah, right? I just had a bit of a you're quick, talking about a topic, yeah. I'm talking about a topic, Amher's talking about a topic, but no one's asking anyone questions. Mm-hmm. So the listener's just sitting there getting preached at from three different people <laughs> and yeah. no one's asking anyone fucking questions. Yeah. No, one, no one cares about what the other person's saying. Yeah. And I, I don't find that as interesting. You're totally like, right. I, I, sometimes I don't want to listen to our own podcast because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, can someone please just ask someone another question? Like, I want to know more about that specific topic. Mm. That's a really good point. The What you just said about how Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss ask questions, I really just got present to that. I, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, which is kind of sad. But at the same time, I'm really glad I did think about it differently. Well, essentially, we, we I mean, I think that how we can improve the podcast is actually by getting better at having conversations. Yeah. I think uh, this this may be interesting, but I think the way we start each episode might uh, like like sets the tone in a in an in an odd way. So the, you know, welcome back. We have Ammer and what if we just call. drop that? Is what you're saying, right? Hey, yeah, what's like, up? What if we just like you you know when you say when we click record, I just ex- explain that emotional downside of being on social media like immediately. And, and like I think that just would have been like, hey man, how's it going? And and we just jump into it. Yeah, okay. Like when w- the one episode that you weren't there, like John and I just like started the episode, like mid sentence. Yeah, like, I remember. I me- I went back and listened to it. I remember. Yeah, and, and, but, uh, like that was. And I can so see the difference there. Yeah. Okay, so, so I, uh, those yeah. are the two solutions. I I now don't have Zoom open. I just have my background, so I'm just focusing on what I'm hearing, so I can actually like hear what you guys are saying. Mm-hmm. So that's a solution maybe for me. But then I, I think the intros we should just drop. I I agree, I agree. I think we should try that. I agree. Drop the intros and then I, I, the bread and butter of our weekly calls was investigating each other's weeks. That's where the curiosity yeah. came from because there's infinite branches that happen throughout the week. 
And uh, you're totally right. Yeah. So that's what I see as two permanent solutions to being curious is is by dropping the intro and just being curious on understanding yeah. the person's week. John, I'm I'm getting like. I really appreciate you bringing this up because I'm after hearing you and Amber say that like episode zero to I'm going to say what, like 40, 50, we were just picking each other apart, yeah. but in like a friendly way, right? Like, well, not friendly, but, or, or mean, but just that's what we used to do. And then you are right yeah. where at some point we did make a turn and I don't know when that was. Yeah. It's kind of turned into a weird kind of like podcast circle jerk. <laughs> Well, not even sometimes. We're not trying to like circle jerk each other or whatever. No, but like, no, no, no. I don't, sometimes I don't think it's, it's even close to that, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Probably maybe even worse. I don't know. All right. So Amber <laughs> okay, wanted to debate no. this too. Amber <laughs> no wanted way. to debate this too. I have, I would rather, because next, this Sunday's the Super Bowl, which obviously I'm fine with recording through. Next Sunday's Valentine's Day. Where do you sit on that, John? Yeah, he has a girlfriend. I don't, so I have no. Sense. You know what though? Like here, I mean, here's a topic I actually want to discuss. Like, so this this just segues perfectly. Okay, awesome. Um, did like did Jesus take a day off? Oh my god! I knew you were. No, I'm serious it. though. I knew you were gonna say. I that. knew. Yeah. I, you know what I mean though? Right. Like I've always thought about that. Like imagine like like I come up. You know, imagine hunter gatherer society. I come over to the tent. I know I've used this analogy before. I come over to the tent. I open up the door. I'm like, Hey, Austin. Um, we got to head out, man. Like, uh, the, the, the tribe's ready to go hunt. Like we got to go kill a Buffalo. And you're like, Oh, Hey man, um, I'm actually gonna pass up today. It's uh, it's Valentine's day. <laughs> what is it? Oh, like, so like it's, it's a day in which I don't do things that I'm like normally do because I love my girlfriend and I'm going to go demonstrate my love to her today. <laughs> okay. So, sounds good, man. We're, we're going to go hunt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm sort of parading, you know, so like, like I'm, I'm more or less making fun Rude. of you, but man, but, I really wish, like, I really I mean? wish I made like, my case what's another before day? I made your case. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, what's another day? Like, I don't know. I'm so not like, okay. Now take in mind, I'm also pretty extreme on the one end of this in the sense that like, I feel like I, um, I don't know, like what, like what's even a Saturday? Like, I, like without going into the whole, like, Oh, everything's a human construct kind of thing. <laughs> Who cares what damn day it is? If you got shit to do, you got shit to do, right? Like, it, <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I always, I always loved this with my, like my employees, for example, like it'd be like, Oh, it's my birthday. So I'm not going to work. I'm like, oh, okay. Like when's your birthday party? They're like, Oh, it's at seven. I'm like, okay. So you can work till like six or like, what's going on? Like, what, like, like you just need a whole day off. Like you need 24 hours for your birthday. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> right. Like, like if your like if you, if your birthday is on a day and you schedule a party for your own birthday, then you know I mean, like if you have Valentine's Day, can't you just schedule like, like what, like what is it that like is on Valentine's Day that you have to do that you can't schedule? Austin, the floor is yours, brother. Yeah, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> no, you're making some good points, but I guess the, the thing is that um, it, it's really important to, I guess, my, my partner and I that we have this day, I guess. It's kind of, it's kind of different. Maybe the new and Trisha, but like there is some value to having well i can't speak for trisha maybe maybe this entire time right she expects me to not do the podcast well john i can i can 100 percent guarantee that if you haven't spoken to her about it yet that that is a reality that she definitely does assume john john can you ask her right now can like, you bring her in now. here like just get hey trisha would you expect me to not do the podcast hey yo sweetie 
Oh no! Mute no yourself. Don't don't do it! Don't do it! Obviously. No, like, mute, you know, unmute like, yourself. Make it unmute yourself. Sweetie, come in here. <laughs> We're getting the truth. Yeah, one second. One second. Sweetie, just come in here. <laughs> There's no obedience in this household. <laughs> okay, dude, relax. No, one second. I'm just gonna I'm gonna just mute myself so I can yell. Okay. Hey, yo, sweetie. <laughs> what do you think John yells to get Trisha? Woman. <laughs> Woman, come here. <laughs> Can you just come over here for a second? What? Come on. Sweetie, I, come on. Can you just come just come around? It's really come important, around. Trisha. We need your help. It's okay, Austin just said it's really important. Can you just please come over here? It's about Valentine's Day. I need to get her opinion on something. Just put it on speaker. Just okay, ask her. Put it on ask speaker. Her. Okay. Okay, Austin, go ahead. You're, she can hear you now. Trisha, can you hear me? Trisha, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I was wondering um, if next Sunday is, next Valentine's, Sunday Day, is Valentine's Day, would you be under, the impression, be under the impression that John that would John be possibly would be not possibly doing the not podcast doing the and podcast doing it at another, time, at another time in order to have in Valentine's Day dinner with you? Like essentially, are you having to fully reserve 24 hours of John's time? Not even 24 hours, just dinner time, right? Because you have to take into account that I'm three hours ahead of you. So I do this right during dinner time, whereas you get to go have dinner afterwards. I don't know when you, yeah. What's your thoughts? I, my thoughts are Austin is wanting to take dinner time to spend with his girlfriend, which is very important for their, their relationship. Fortunately, you and I, our anniversary is four days later, so we celebrate Valentine's Day together. But if it wasn't, I understand the argument for wanting to take the time off to spend that evening with your loved one. Mm -hmm. I I totally understand No, but what do you expect of John? John? We're going to Whistler from the 15th to the 18th and... That's more okay, so time so Trisha, if you weren't going to Whistler uh, and you weren't going to be able to see John all day on Sunday because he would be out doing estimates, and then you also didn't have your anniversary four days later, would you expect him to make a time to have dinner with you on Sunday, February 14th? Hmm. Like, I would want a dinner. We've been pretty flexible within the past three years of it being on specifically Valentine's Day because we find that Valentine's Day is the most, like, it's obviously really popular for for couples. We find restaurants get really busy. So we actually, in the past, like, times we'd go out, like, one or two days before or after it. Man, I love the logic present in this room. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. She just learned from all these lessons. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I don't I don't So what you're saying is you're completely flexible and you would understand that a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. (laughs) Yeah, but also it's important that you make the time. But I But if a man delivers, it it doesn't matter. The date doesn't really matter to me because it's just like Fair enough. A date that So what you're saying is the actual construct Oh yeah, sure. Uh, like we as a society have created this date that we're like this needs to be the day of love. Whereas John (laughs) John loves the argument (laughs) that that there shouldn't just be one day you should treat your girlfriend good like every day. Okay, dude. Dude, I can't even dude, I I don't even coach this girl. I didn't even I didn't okay, thank you, I love you. Dude, I didn't even I didn't even put words in her mouth.
I mean, that's called being on the same page. Yeah, but in the defense of Austin, this is a totally different. Like that's that's your relationship. But his no, is I'm his sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm I'm not even anything on on Austin. I'm not. There's no shade on Austin. I'm just really proud that she came over here and just yeah spat that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I don't know how to answer that. It is arbitrary, but you know, you know I will. It is arbitrary, you know, and but like it's kind of one of those things of like tradition, you know, yes. like um. But that's so also I, a fallacy. I can understand. So uh, th- there is a little bit, I guess, of backstory here. So because Miranda and I were living, uh, we had a, for the first three years of our relationship, it was long distance, eight months of the year. So I would be living in Montreal. She'd be living in Ottawa. Yeah. And so for the first three years of our relationship, we had never had Valentine's Day together. <gasps> and so last year was the first year we got to have Valentine's Day together, which was really great. So oh. it's kind of become like a bit, like a little bit different. Wow. That's pretty cool, actually. So we actually have, we've been together for, this is the fifth year, and this will only be our second Valentine's Day together. Um, but again, I understand the weight of like Valentine's Day. It's nothing. It's like, it's a day, right? So I understand that argument. Well, what Trisha was bringing up is, is quite interesting, Austin, because we found that going out on Valentine's Day was actually su- a subpar experience. Oh, we don't want to go out. everyone else. We're not going out. Oh, I see. Mm, okay. Well, no, but we are just cooking a nice, we both love to cook. We have a nice, a couple nice bottles of wine. We're going to make like a really nice meal together. We're not going anywhere. Like we can't even go anywhere. Quebec's completely shut down, but uh, we wouldn't be going anywhere anyway. Um, Yeah. You guys don't have restaurants open? No, nothing. There's a curfew at 8 p.m., dude. You need to be in your house by 8 p.m. or you get a $1,000 fine. Yeah. Like, uh, isn't you can't even go drive. Like, there's no drive-thru. Okay, no oh, guys, guys, we're getting distracted here. I, I am interested in this solution. What would, what is the right answer? Is there a right answer? Can we deploy philosophy when there's uh, love at stake? Do we still do the podcast without Austin? Do we take the day off? What what happens here? Do we have just well, a no, call? I mean, may, what, no, I mean, I mean, we could just create a new tradition. Every Valentine's Day, it's just the Amber and John special. <laughs> well, no, but th- it would only happen every seven years. It only happen every seven years. Yeah. Why every seven years? Well, Valentine's Day is not a Sunday every year. Oh, Long yeah, I know. Sorry, I forget how calendars work. So. Come on, dude. Um... <sighs> I don't know, Austin. What are your thoughts on that, man? If we just had well, it, well, I, like, I guess, I guess, what are your views the... on stat holidays? <laughs> well, it's not really about the holiday, actually. I'm, I'm realizing now, as I'm, I'm getting poked and prod about this theory, is that it's really not necessarily about the idea of Valentine's Day and what that was made for. It's over the past five years what we have derived into valentine's day like what we've made it mean for our relationship which is actually very different than whatever it means for anybody else however it just happens to be a lot more important to us just by virtue of how this relationship's course has gone um than it would be to a lot of other people i suppose and it also feels weird to be honest as a guy like i i've been in relationships before that have gone over the period of valentine's day 
didn't really care. I, I'm, I, would, I would have been like in the camp of John. I would have been pushing for this with my partner at the time. Like, hey, look, it's an arbitrary day. Like, don't get me wrong, John. I completely get the whole idea of how yeah. it's just a thing that was made up and, we, you know, a man's got to do what a man's got to do. Well, it, is it not just a marketing thing? <laughs> okay, uh, it, guys, it hold is. on. Dude. It is. is... It, like, that's that's how it was made like, up. I was talking about this. Um, I was talking about this with my buddy Jonah the other day because uh, he's considering... He's considering proposing to his to his girlfriend. Whoa. Wait, okay, that, dude, is come this, on. Is this secret <laughs> you knowledge. Yeah, you can't say no, that. No, 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 no. Let me tell the story, and you'll understand. He was looking at rings with her. Okay, okay so let's just chill true, out here true. for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, she told. <laughs> she imagine that. I found out on the weekly call. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, he was talking. No, no. Hold on. He was. Well, that's how you found out, Austin. So yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Number no, anyway, he was talking. Him and I were talking about like whether or not we would buy a real diamond or a composite one. And okay. There's man. virtually no way of telling the difference between the two. And, no, there is. There's that beeper thing, you know? Okay. Either way. Um, <laughs> and there's so much marketing. Like, even just the thought of buying a composite. I already, like, I don't, as a man, I already have all these stories that I don't even know where they're coming from. Just being like, you're cheap. You don't love her. You know, get Damn. buy a girl diamond if you love, you know? And it's just all marketing because where where are those ideas? Like since when was it that you think of a girl a diamond? No, John. Like, where, like, I, when, where is that written? If you were in the, to talk the, to me about Thanksgiving, uh, well, that's I mean, there's a lot of marketing around Thanksgiving, but I mean, I guess Christmas and Valentine's Day might be the only two big ones for my relationship. I can go without Easter. Uh, like, there's just a bunch of other holidays that I don't really care about. Family Day, whatever it is, in every province, right? It's just like. I actually view it as me having a commitment to you guys that is in direct confliction with an already existing commitment that I have with my partner. So the moon just happened to line up with the yeah yeah. Because yeah. I'm not trying to sell you guys on why Valentine's it is Day is like important. It's like Valentine's Day is already something that we've already decided as a as a couple that is is really kind of cool to experience because for the first three years we never got to. Yeah yeah. So anyway, yeah. it's just weird, um, but. I Dude, just take the day, man. It's not that serious. It's not that deep, bro. It's, it ain't, that, it ain't deep. that deep. It ain't bro. that deep. It ain't that um, deep, man. But I don't want to take no, the I day actually, and I miss don't the mind. podcast. I'm just curious. So I'd like. Here's the thing: is that now the the impact of that on you guys is asking you to reschedule, and that's an impact that might not be, you know, doable or something. <sighs> Because I don't want to miss a podcast, mm. to be honest with you. I already missed one. Well, the other thing, the other thing to consider too, that like you know, some people don't know, realize necessarily is that you know, I'm I'm doing this at five. Yeah, and we do it at eight. Eight to eight to yeah, well, eight so to ten thirty eleven. I can understand that, like, because I I can record this podcast and still still go for dinner at seven with yeah, Trisha, for sure. or right. And, you know, and honestly, or, and still, I you know, could have like because I have a full day of estimates likely on on Sunday that I'm going to have to do with one of my operators. And then I'm coming home at four and then we wouldn't have this podcast until seven. But honestly, if you did it in the, well, you're going to be in estimates. Like if we pushed it to four thirty Eastern, then you, I have a call with Jocelyn. You'd be in estimates though. Wouldn't you on Sunday, John? Uh, I have uh, estimates so far. I only have one at nine and one at 10 that day. You're likely going to fill them up though. 
Like, what would you usually... Well, book? I already have 15 estimates for next week. What would week, you book so... in, though, for, for like, your latest availability on Sundays, usually? No, but what I'm saying, though, is, like, because I already have 15 estimates for next week, I can... And I don't have any scheduled for Saturday. I, like, I'm only aiming to do 20 anyways. So, like, uh... I can just book those for Saturday. It's not, like, the end of the world, yeah. Okay, well, then... What would happen if we... Then I can surprise Trisha for a Valentine's Day dinner. <laughs> Look at me helping you out, eh? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. What if we did do you get, 4 um, p.m. What you... Eastern? No, that's fine. We can do that. Wow. What, um, what do you... Hold on. Yeah, exactly. I was just about to ask him. Wow, dude, what? Excuse me? <laughs> He's right. Hold on. Austin. 4.30. Do you, um, what, what do you get... Uh, what do you get your girlfriend for... For, for like anniversaries honestly Ooh. it changes um we always try to trisha and ourselves bring our third year we always try and get something for each other that isn't a product it's something that we have to that we do together like uh like an experience or like a trip or something right so um i don't know we find like the the, the like a necklace or, or uh whatever you might get a person for their anniversary is like kind of short-lived um so it's kind of interesting to see that there's a difference there but yeah i would say that's the case uh we would just try to get each other experiences we've done like concerts really nice restaurants things that we both like doing together uh just trying to get as much like experiences that we wouldn't normally do alone or with other friends you know yeah okay <laughs> john's this is me giving john uh gifting advice um like i'm like i'm like so not like i'm like like for example like for christmas for example it was like it was like uh what do you want for christmas like write write a couple of things down and then like i like took her down and like we got those things and then like, that's so funny them. dude that's such a john move <laughs> that's not even funny emma are you good for to, uh, next week 4 30 is that a possibility or no no way man no way. i have my q a call at five Shit. yeah shite yeah uh okay what if we did saturday saturdays i fill up with calls okay we're not gonna bore the listeners with this but we'll figure out a solution of some sort that might involve me not being on but i think you guys have heard the case i would love to hear your guys feedback because we're gonna close it up here soon We're, we're we're going in on two hours um I would love to hear your feedback on two things primarily. If you can actually, I'm actually making you a request Ugh. to DM the Instagram account. So I'm making do a it. request. What do you think about the Please. style of communication that John Ammer and I were talking about? How do you even notice? Did you notice a change between when we were talking amongst each other and then this this change that I'm now present to, where we were speaking to an audience as opposed to each other? Just let us know authentically if you noticed a difference. Yes or no. And what you think and, about this Valentine's Day thing. I'd love to know. And I would actually note to beware of confirmation bias. Yes. Because just we just because we brought it up, you might be like trying to link it. Yeah. What Austin is asking is before we brought it up on this episode, mm-hmm. before this episode, mm-hmm. did you notice a difference? It doesn't count if you just noticed it. Yeah. It doesn't count. Yeah, it's, if you just noticed it for the first time, you're out. Before it's episode qualified. 89. Yeah. Exactly. This is episode 89, it should be, I think. So, yeah. yeah. You want to do a quick uh, whack versus wise? You know, yeah, let's do little, it. Let's uh, do it. A little, little beat. You, know? you got a song, Hammer? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an oldie, but a goldie. Okay, cool. Uh, it uh, has a sick beat. <laughs> John's book also you know? has a sick beat. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, there it is. Uh, wow, that's a lot of, uh, that's more views than I thought, to be honest. I guess it's pretty famous. Uh, this is ASAP Rocky and uh, with Lord Pretty Flacco Jordy 2. <laughs> 2. Is it, there's a 2 in his name. <laughs> LPFJ2. Jesus. LPFJ2. 45 million views. Wow. And how many, how many copies of that book that you're going you're gonna to get? John, uh, we're sold. That's yeah, crazy. So here we go. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. 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 Who the jiggy nigga with the gold legs? Got me reminiscing about my old days. Three six sucker nigga dick, no foreplay all day. Booming out the trap through the hallway. Tell me what you niggas know about. I'm just saying, turn it down, or she finna call a cops. We been plotting on the op, she the one who got the drop. Just a free quick fix to the and it's okay. They gon' take me back to my old ways. I was trying to chill, pop a sales ever since I got a deal. Kick it with my model chick, sick crisp. Fuck niggas wanna ditch, now I gotta let them know it's really true. Little pretty flock of Jordy. Extremely catchy. Uh, but let's this, this decipher what this young man is saying on, on this tune. Uh, John. John, if you're not, if you couldn't find a quote, I actually have a short one. Um, I, I actually have okay, one. Cool. Um, yeah. There's a, there you go. I'll set up for you. John. Okay. So this is Lord Pretty Flacco <laughs> Joy D2 or LPFJ2 in abbreviation. <laughs> Who the jiggy n-word with the gold links got me reminiscing about my old day. Three six <laughs> sucka n-word dick. No foreplay all day. Booming out the trap through the hallway. Tell me what you n-words know about it. Auntie saying turn it down or she finna call the cops. We be plotting on the ops. She the one who got the drop. Just a free quick fix to the A and it's okay. They're going to take me back to my old ways. I was trying to chill, popping seals ever since I got a deal, kick it with my model chick, sip Chris, F N-words want to diss. So now I got to let them know who's really trill. Lord Pretty Flacco, Joida, tell these fuck N-words how you been. You can freshen our minds. N-words talk down every now and then. On the style, getting styled nine times out of ten, it was Flacco Joida, Flacco Joida, Flacco Joida, Flacco Joida. And that was viewed Beautiful. 45 million times. 
Wow. All right, John, hit yeah. us with the with the wise the wisdom. Um, this is a very unf- this is from a, this is from a speech from Charlie Munger, and you can find this Charlie's Almanac, but but also the poor Charlie's Almanac. This is a very unfashionable way of thinking because early in the days after Darwin came along, people like the robber barons assumed that the doctrine of the survival of the fittest authenticated them as, as deserving power. You know, the argument, I'm the richest, therefore I'm the best. God's in his heaven, etc. And that reaction of the robber barons was so irritating to people that it made it unfashionable to think of an economy as an ecosystem. But the truth is, is that it is a lot like an ecosystem, and you get many of the same results. Just as in an ecosystem, people who narrowly specialize can get terribly good at occupying some little niche. Just as animals flourish in niches, similarly, people who specialize in the business world and get very good because they and get very good because they specialize frequently find good economics that they wouldn't get any other way. And once we get into uh, microeconomics, we can get into the concept of advantage of scale. Now we're getting closer to an investment analysis because in terms of which business succeed and which businesses fail, advantages of scale are ungodly important. For example, one great advantage of scale in all of the business schools of the world is cost reductions along the so-called experience curve. Just doing something complicated in more and more volume enables human beings who are trying to improve and are motivated by the incentives of capitalism to do it more and more efficiently. The very nature of things is that if you get a whole lot of volume through your operation, you get better at processing that volume. That's an enormous advantage. And it has a lot to do with which businesses succeed and which businesses fail. This actually has a lot to do with what Amr was just talking about, about how it's, it's, it, there's barriers to entry because once he processes enough data in his little niche within the online world, it's hard for someone to gather all that same data It's quick because he already has it. He's already so far ahead that they'll never catch up. Gold. That's a lot of wisdom. Yeah. That is... Goddamn that guy, man. He's like a robot on Earth. The fact that he just... Like, that was a speech. Like, as in, he said that. Like, he didn't write that. He said that, like, out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still nuts. blown away by that. Uh, the chauffeur one from last week. That one was... Oh, yeah. The chauffeur knowledge is so... That's so classic. Ooh. All right, boys. Okay, well, boys. That was a good call. Adios. Yeah. We'll see you next right. week. All right. Peace. Hey listeners, thanks so much for tuning in this week. As usual, you can find us on Instagram at the Weekly Call Pod or through email at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments about any of our material and just to kind of pick our brain or even challenge us on a few things we said today. The intro and outro music was brought to you today by William Scott Thompson. You can find him on Spotify under that name. He has a lot of other great material on there that you can go listen to as well. Thanks so much for tuning in this week, guys. We'll see you soon.